0: We're back! We're back! It's a distraction. Oh,
1: oh, 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 oh. Merry Christmas! I'm Drew. That's is. raw. They do raw. That's Santa Claus himself. What an amazing get! Because it's really hard ow, to book him ow, this time of year. Ow, Rudolph. Bra- what's the? You have a couple <laughs> of Santa voices that you like to do. This is. It's all coming back to me now. Seasonal. Yeah, three. yeah, yeah. I haven't
0: watched Rudolph yet, but you better believe I'm gonna be like. Every year I shine up my jingle
1: bells. There it is. Great, lucky reindeer. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like
0: home. How you doing, Roth? Yeah, I'm hanging in. You excited for the break? I am, as always, I am already mentally on vacation. So I hope you're excited for an extremely half-assed podcast. I
1: could not be more excited for an extremely half-assed podcast. I have a lot of stuff that I need to do before I go, but that's always true. And at some point... I am not going to be in New York City anymore, and we'll have to do a bunch of Christmas stuff. And I will enjoy it. Like we're going to go pick out a tree. We got to do the whole shit stem to stern this year. So that's all right. That's right. No it's problem. all new to me. This is like I'm I'm a a traveler in a strange land, and your gentile folkways will amuse and delight me as they do every year.
0: Now, speaking of waspy stuff, uh, it is uh, college admission season, and uh, I got to tell you a quick story before we bring on our guest. My daughter. She got turned down from her first choice of college this weekend. She applied early decisions to this one place. They they rejected her. Uh and before she opened the email, she wanted to film herself doing it. She's oh. like she's like, "Oh, wait, I'm going to film myself doing it." And I was like and I was like, "Is that a thing? Like are the teens doing that now?" And she's like she's like, "Oh, yeah." And I was like I was like, Do "You want to film it if you get negged like that's not you're not gonna like that and she's like oh i don't know and i don't actually know if she did it because she didn't want us like she said go downstairs like she she made us me and my wife wait downstairs <laughs> she while she a, looked at it she wanted a
1: closed it. set for that moment
0: she wanted a closed set and also like so the decision dropped at i think 6 p.m and so like i was nervous too this is my daughter right and i'm sitting there and she has not come down for like 10 minutes and i'm like like, now I'm like, I know I'll go up there and be like, will you tell us whether or not the f- you got the fucking in or not? Like, I <laughs> want to know. I'm going to get on with my evening. But anyway, and then she came down, she got rejected. And now I'm seeing like, now I'm seeing these videos online of like kids doing like the gender reveal, but of college admissions. And like, so many of them are kids who got negged. And even though there's no affirmative action anymore, like you can- get that sense that it's like oh, i had a, a 1600 sat and i started a business that made a hundred thousand dollars last year and i bet some black kid
1: got my spot you instead needed of me. that job but they had yeah. to hire a diversity guy. it's cool that's fun that that's like been the defining bitch in america for my entire life that is so fun to me i love that
0: that's right i want to go i want to go to cornell so that i can complain about the fact that no one will let me paint a swastika on my bedroom unfortunately due to bullshit.
1: wokeism i'm unable to yeah fuck that whatever <laughs> <laughs> wherever she goes she's gonna do great this is the truth of going to colleges is that they're pretty much all good if you try
0: right that's that's one end of the parenting spectrum but to uh to talk about the other end of it it's our guest Defector Visual Editor and new dad, Dan McQuaid. Hi yeah. Dan. Hey Dan. Hey, hey. congratulations. Thank you for me.
1: How is your how is your college admission plan going? Uh, <laughs> good, good.
2: Yeah. Um, already, he already got into Penn State. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know what? Low bar, you know. Yeah. He, uh, so uh Drew, I'm sorry your daughter did not get into the London School of Economics. That is <laughs> that is okay. By the way, I would not. I
0: would not send a small child to Penn State. You understand why. Okay. That's enough.
2: <laughs> I got into uh the school I went to uh early decision and I did not like it. So uh, ooh. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's like could be a blessing. You get a chance to look at a lot more schools. I wish I had looked at at, at more schools in in some ways. I also like fell into the school paper and found my career. So like it it all worked out, right? Like in, yeah, in a yeah. in a sense. I
0: don't think any of us had a good time in college. I didn't have a good time I in college. I did by the end.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I had
2: an I had a decent like first semester sophomore year and first semester senior year. This is what I remember.
1: Yeah, that's about I was like doing the doing the thing where I like alternated one good season and one bad season. Like I was on the San Francisco Giants plan there. And that was uh, (laughs) it was like, all right. I think the real issue is that, like, I had never been mentally ill away from home before, but then I got better at it by the end. So it was like by the time I got done, I was kind of like, this is manageable. You just got to pour beer on it until you're not as sad as you were. And that didn't work forever, but it worked for a little while.
0: I remember only enjoying my semester abroad, which doesn't count. And then uh, my last semester at college. But that was because I had a girlfriend, but the girlfriend didn't live
1: or didn't go to the college like she. Lived oh, was in New she York. in Canada? Would I not she, have known no, her? She,
0: no, no, she was. She was existent. It was not right. a good relationship, <laughs> but but she existed. And uh, But she lived in New York, so I I drove the fucking from Waterville. Yeah, from Waterville, <laughs> like like at least like twice a month, like to go into New York, so I could I could just get laid. And so and that was like that was the best time of my life in college was not being at college. But let's talk about Dan. And being a new dad, how are wife and baby, Dan? How's being a new uh, dad? How was the birth? All of that good stuff.
2: The wife and baby are good now. Uh, he is at the time of recording this, he is
1: fifteen days old. That's such a fun age. <laughs> His name
2: is Simon Jude Cohen McQuaid. Uh, we hyphenate at the last name. Our our first names rhyme. My my wife and and my first names uh, rhyme. Her name is Jan. And so she did not take my last name. I do not think she wanted to. In fact, I know she did not want to take my last name. She's a she's established in her career, but had she wanted to, we would do have had a long discussion about it because I do not want to be Stan and Jan Bernstein, uh, <laughs> yeah, <or> similar
1: <laughs> trying to go out. That you know, way. like
2: it's very funny introducing ourselves to anyone. It. it it's like oh I'm Jan and and I'm Dan and then there's like a beat and then something happens. Yeah, like you're like supposed
1: to, to say something notes. that rhymes with that and like and we've got a really great plan or whatever and you're like sorry you have to do it. Well, that's
2: but- the thing you could have named Simon
0: Stan or Han or oh, Tucan. Like that would have been like you would have you could have completed the triumvirate of rhymes.
2: We thought about it <laughs> very briefly. <laughs> right. We so we used an app called Kinder to <laughs> pick the name. Um we actually met on Tinder. So yeah. it's it was very appropriate. Kinder is, you know, you you sign up and you and you match up with a baby. You, you know, you you like link up with your with your partner and you swipe left and right on names. And no shit. It was really fun. And That's then a good i idea. I spent like the 399 for the like extra name pack and we put in <laughs> you know like names that were from our ancestries like I put in like Irish and 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 Polish and Scottish names and she put in you know like Jewish and she's also has has like a Polish Ukrainian uh like background and all of us I think have been here for a while so we, like we're not like super in touch with our uh Ancestry, but we, it was very fun. And it's, you know, as we added more and more names just for fun, you know, there are names that I'm sure are perfectly normal in, you know, Czech or whatever. But when you see a name that's like Fork or whatever, you know, (laughs) semen, and it's like, oh, this is a normal name in this language. But in English, it sounds wild. Why, yes.
0: Uh, Let me ask you, Dan, uh, when you were swiping on Kinder, what names did you like? That your wife did not
2: uh, swipe on. So I had a name I wanted to name my son, and it was Cloud. Cloud is a character in Final Fantasy VII, a <laughs> video game that I played in high school. Wow. Cloud Strife, he's the lead character. Yeah, we I all don't, know like, that's who not Cloud my favorite is. game of all time. I love that game, but it's not my my favorite. But I always really liked that name since I, you know, since I was fourteen and first played that game, and. Jan argued out of it successfully. Obviously, like we've since been joking about it since. I I thought I might be able to get Simon Cloud, uh, but I I was not. But Jan's argument was that we are neither rich nor famous enough to name our child Cloud, which is a good point, and I had to acquiesce. Um, Did
0: you ever say to her, well, look, I got mistaken once for Brad Pitt, so I'm kind of a movie star, so I can name our kid Cloud or pilot inspector or moon unit <laughs> i
2: know? saw i saw a really good tabloid at the supermarket which is like one of the like old like you know like the 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 magazines that are at the supermarket or the drugstore now are all either like just the regular old like tabloidy things or like special one-off editions for boomers like it'll be about like James Taylor or or the Beatles or like Jesus. I saw one about Jesus yeah. the other day.
1: The big three. James Taylor, Jesus, and whoever else was the other guy you said.
2: I saw one like a commemorative life for like Pearl Jam,
0: and that's when I knew like Oh no, I'm yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> no, like, it's oh, oh, they're they're aiming at they're aiming at me now. They've moved on from the Rolling Stones. Why are they they're playing contemporary
1: on shit on the oldies station? That's weird that they would make that mistake. Th-
2: the station yeah. that when I was a kid was called Oldie's ninety-eight. Uh like I heard Green Day on it, I heard yep. No Doubt on it, I heard the Fugees on it, and you know, like when I was a kid on Sunday mornings, it played music from the '40s. Yeah,
1: it's so. Like, <laughs> this is that's a real hard one to handle. There is that basically like the shit that we listened to in high school is doop, right? It's brutal. Yeah. It's a dagger. Like it's a yeah. It's like it's like how like standards
0: were popular in the '40s. It, it, like that genre died. Well, I listened to I listened to a dead genre. I listened to rock. It doesn't. It doesn't exist yeah.
1: anymore. I respect that you tried for cloud, but I also respect that Jan was like, "Do I look like fucking Gwyneth Paltrow to you?" <laughs> like, do not try to tell me this.
2: Oh, I mean, I like to think we have a very good relationship. That when one of us makes a good point, the other one will be like, "Yep, you're right. I was, I was, I was wrong." And when she made that point, I was like, "Oh, that's." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh like I was like, fuck, you're right. Uh, we can't name our kid Cloud. Um, oh, so the magazine at the market about about Brad Pitt, you know, I don't know which one it was, but on the cover it said like Brad Pitt, how he found love again. And I was like, Oh, how did he do it? Oh, I'm shocked. Can't believe he found somebody new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are the odds?
0: Yeah. Cause I was like, Wow, he's he's never gonna get laid again because he's just so unsightly and tough. stuff. I know he's only 15 days old, Dan. But does Simon like to do draw
1: rings? That's enough. We're not uh. doing. We're not doing 90s SNL. Are you looking at my at bum? Cheeky <laughs> monkey, cheeky. <laughs> monkey. All right, sorry about that. What is he? So at 15 days old, he's like a noise machine, basically, right?
2: Yeah, he's he's doing. I think we're doing pretty well, you know. And this is with anything, but obviously, you know, it's it's parenthood. You can't really prepare for it. You don't know what your kid is going to be like, and for. For for me, I've known him for 15 days. Jan had him inside of of her for for a long time, but I feel like I have a greater handle on it today than I did yesterday, and then the day before than I did the day before. We're like slowly inching into a routine. I'm learning how to work this job while also having a kid. And you know, it's not like I'm going somewhere for work. I've been staying at home, obviously, and I want to help out even while I'm working. But it is a it is, you know, learning how to balance that is also tough. And she's she's off for a couple months. Um, she has like some some like some leave and some FMLA and and like maybe a few other things. I don't quite know how it works, but and then I'm gonna take my leave. So we we have like a really good setup. We're very fortunate. Our our parents are both great. Our, our both our sets of parents are really great, and they get along, and they're very helpful. And, you know, now, I mean, my joke has been like, now they're going to stop getting along because they're going to end up fighting over who gets to have the grandchild. Uh, and the kid's hair seems to be getting lighter. So he's going to be, it seems like he might be like blonde or even maybe like reddish blonde. So that's exciting for 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 me. I'm already thinking like, ooh, should he sign with Wilhelmina? Or should he sign with what? <laughs> um, I don't know if they have male models, but uh, but yeah. So we, we are... Uh, We are hanging in there um, and I'm, you know, he's starting to feel like a Simon too. Like I'm like, yeah, this is the right name. We, we, we got it. Does Simon know that the Eagles have now lost three in a row? That's enough. No, because I
0: I have to transition into actual sports talk.
2: He's been in the room when I've watched the Eagles play uh, and he, definitely knows based on how
1: loud I am sometimes when the (laughs) Eagles play. He's aware that something bad is happening.
2: I started writing sports when I was 17 in college. So I am like dead inside about sports because I've been doing it for 23 years. And But that doesn't mean that occasionally – uh, I, I might get a little, a little angry or a little excited. Um, I also don't drink anymore, which really helps me be a little calmer during, during games. Um, but I think the loudest I was was when the Eagles ran a fake punt against Dallas. And my, my wife was like, you have to be quieter because <laughs> uh, I just yelled out. I was like, I was like, Ooh, it looks like a fake punt. And then I was like, it is a fake punt. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to imbue um, values in our child. He
0: has to understand trick plays. I do want to talk about the Eagles cuz it's 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 a big story because on Monday night um it was their first game where they had uh Matt Patricia take over as defensive coordinator for Sean Desai. Now, this was not, you know, uh made official in very very Patriots fashion. Like I I assume Matt Patricia was like, "Look, please don't say I'm the defensive coordinator. That's Philadelphia Eagles information." So, um <laughs> Uh, Patricia took over. The Eagles played pretty well on defense against Seattle on Monday night, but then promptly gave up a 92-yard game-winning touchdown drive to Drew Locke, of all people. Uh, That's after they got destroyed by Dallas the week before and by San Francisco the week before that. They've now lost three in a row. Poor Simon McQuaid-Cohen, or poor Simon Cohen-McQuaid, has not lived uh, for a Philadelphia Eagles victory. How concerned are you about this team in general, Dan?
2: He was, the, until last night, the Sixers were undefeated uh, during his his lifetime. And the, one of the games they won by 53 points. So he at least seems to be good luck to a different team. And <laughs> that's cool. Um, I'm pretty concerned about the Eagles. You know, for Defector, I've been writing a bit all season about how the Eagles have been playing like shit and continuing to win and how great it's been. Because there's nothing I love more than like, seeing some fat guys like yell about what the Eagles should have done. Um see see people who like don't seem to know much about football being like, everyone knows you can't put James Bradbury on an island. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just something that they heard on, on TV or 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 whatever. And obviously some people do know a lot, you know, more than me, you know, too. But uh but yeah, I mean, you know, last year they I saw a really good stat uh, from a writer named Tucker Badgley about how like Last year, the Eagles scored like twenty points in the first half, like ten times, and they haven't done it at all this season. They have a lot of three and outs, which actually they haven't had in the last two games, um, quite quite as many. But they, you know, last year they last year was weird because they would get big leads and then sort of slowly the other team would come back, but then the Eagles would would you know kind of win. Somewhat easily in the end, uh, another video game. I called it the Xenogears uh team. Xenogears is a PlayStation game where the first disc is great and the second disc they ran out of time and money, so it's just like a visual novel, basically. Um <laughs> it's more than and- one disc. Yeah. Are these floppy discs? These are in- No, they're CDs. Good question. Oh, okay. Um it's that was pretty common in the PlayStation era with like long sprawling uh role-playing games like final fantasy is three final fantasy 7 is three discs oh this is like playstation 1 this is not okay okay all right i'm old enough that i call it uh psx which was originally what Ah. what people called it now i think now i think people say ps1 but no psx i i went to funko land to buy uh my games for psx when it launched so they are this year they are like just like you know, they, they actually have been ahead in a lot of games, but they've been like squeaking by. They, you know, they've had, teams have had like multiple chances to to drive down and win starting from week one against Mac Jones and the Patriots. And yeah. they, you know, they, they would have lost to Kansas City had uh, Valdez Scantling not dropped a game winning touchdown pass. They would have lost to Dallas had they not like bobbled on the goal line toward the end of the game. They really could have lost a lot of games, but they kept winning and it was cool. You know, they were 10 and one and people were like, "Oh, like earlier in the season, people were like, AJ Brown's going to be the wide receiver MVP. And then as I kept going, they were like, Jalen Hurts going to be MVP. And, you know, the tush push, which is awesome. It's so good. I don't understand how people don't like it. It's, it was like, you know, everyone was complaining about it and the Eagles kept winning. It was great. And, you know, and we still all got to complain. And now people are just, complaining, and again, still rightly so. I mean, they just look bad. I still think you know, they play the Giants, then Arizona, then the Giants again. Oh, right. They, yeah. they should win their last three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be fine. They're a lot better. Like, they're a lot more talented than other teams, but I would feel weird, too. I mean, this was what I enjoyed about the the Dan's Eagles Bits blog, was that like, it was it managed to be generous to the people that were freaking out, like, on the radio, either because they had a disease or because they were paid to freak out on the radio. Like, there really was something there, but also the team really was winning every week. And that, at this point, like, you'd hope that all those weeks of freaking out you know, would add up to a coherent analysis. And it seems like, you know, whatever, like you, you have one, but like the guys that are calling in to like WIP and they're just like crying at the supermarket while they're on the phone yelling at Angelo Cataldi or whatever, that's like, those guys are never going to be okay. But they weren't okay when the team was 10 and one either.
2: I will note that Angelo Cataldi has retired. Um, Like most Philadelphia media people who have retired, they- somehow still managed to stick around. Uh there's a bunch of those. The only guy I need to shout him out, Glenn Hurricane Schwartz, our longtime <laughs> weatherman. He just like up and retired one week, and I haven't heard a peep about him since and that is I am proud of him. he managed to retire and then was like, yep, I'm done and that I love I guess you know Maybe it is he different. if you're if you're a sports yacker uh, you may be invited on to, to talk about sports whereas you know the I don't think he's going to be invited on to talk about weather weather and analysis uh, but, yeah, yeah there yeah. should be
1: a 24 hour weather like talk show uh radio station i think where people are just calling in and be like it's breezy it's breezy mike and they're like yeah uh you know would you mind turning your radio down like that i think would be a good uh, a good bit but
0: uh what about uh john wentz <laughs> ha, what we wow uh. Uh. <laughs> no you know what I, I i have a reason for that okay I'll, I'll ask you about jalen hurts how worried are you dan about him uh because he against seattle he he airmailed a lot of passes and he turfed a lot of passes and he's got a newfound love of turning the ball over that has been evident all season. Are you
2: concerned yeah. about uh, him? Uh, I mean, honestly, I am concerned this season. Probably not in the future. Obviously, this has gone poorly for the Eagles in the past, where a guy will have a great season and then it is sort of a one-season thing. He's still been, you know, pretty good this year. I think his his running, which he's been doing less of, still you know helps. Helps the you know still gives him an added bonus, but I mean, I think he's been hurt all year. I don't know like when it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know, but like he has looked hurt since the first game against the Patriots, and they denied it for a while, and then they were like, "Oh, actually, he is he is dealing with with some injuries." And I I just think that he will probably be fine in the future, or not. Maybe he'll keep getting hurt, and and it will not. But he is just not. He has looked off all year you know he keeps he keeps like get you know his last whatever six games he's had like only one game approaching 300 yards and that was against san francisco where they really got blown out and were just sort of throwing it you know right uh, you know chucking it to, to try to try to come back um i did sort of like those games against dallas and san francisco in the sense that like Sirianni, like those games were more lopsided than they actually were because Sirianni was just sort of going for it. Because if you want to come back, you got to like try some stuff, right? And so, and you can't worry about, oh no, we lost by 30 instead of, you know, 15 or, or whatever. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is still good, right? Even with as much as I've complained about him this season, he has. Last night I saw a stat that he passed Charlie Gardner in career rushing touchdowns last night. Uh, with his next rushing touchdown, he will pass Christian Okoye with, with his next one. After that, he will pass Brian Westbrook. So, and a lot of that is due to, well, he just runs the ball up the middle for one yard, but I mean, that's a skill too. You know, he's, there's a reason why the Eagles are, seem to be the best at that, at that, uh, tush push play and it's the offensive line and it's him, you know? And so, because he is a unique player, I, I do think that, you know, they win the next three, that means they would be either the two seed, uh, you know, if they even lose one of those games, which they certainly could, they would be the, they would likely be the five seed, uh, and then they would, you know, play on the road, but against, you know, the the winner of the South, which is going to be the Bucks, the Saints, or the Bucks. They've already beaten the Bucks on the road. They they will probably win that game and then they'd have to go play uh, Dallas, I guess, on the road, which, you know, who knows? But I I think that they are are really frustrating and they are not that good this year. They're nowhere near as good as they were last season. The defense is terrible. I feel like Jonathan Gannon must be just like sitting in Arizona (laughs) on the bus or asking his players if if, if they took the
1: bus. Join me on the bus.
2: But also just like You know, that 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 onion story about uh, Bill de Blasio, that's like, ha ha, not it's pretty hard to find a mayor that doesn't suck shit, does it? (laughs) And, you know, it's the same thing. It's hard to find a good defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon called the worst defense ever in the Super Bowl. But there's only there's actually one person who called a worst defense, and it's Matt. Patricia in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. So (laughs) the linebackers are, are bad. The secondary is bad and hurt and old. And I think that they are not going to beat San Francisco or maybe even Dallas in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. And I think that maybe this swoon will be forgotten in a certain point. But if I had to bet, you know, no, they're they're, they're done, right? I mean, they've just looked – it's not that they've looked bad. It's that they've looked bad and stupid in the last couple (laughs) weeks. You know, they – they run this like Jalen Hurts QB draw play all the time, and it worked a lot last year, and it's working less and less this year.
1: It's working really well at getting their quarterback hit really hard, which yeah. is not, is that good? I don't follow football yeah. very closely. Do you want that? I,
0: especially when he's hurt. Yeah. I did want to bring up Hurts because uh, as we were recording this, our own Dave McKenna, who only gets news from listening to Sports Talk Radio, uh, he said that everyone in Philly now calls Hurts Wentz, and he declared, one of the quickest abandonments of any fan base I've ever seen. I would like to note that Dave McKenna says this about literally every athlete in every town.
2: <laughs> this this is not the quickest abandonment of a player in the last couple years for the right. Eagles. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, no. I'm, McKenna's wrong, to be clear. Yeah, He's like, dead wrong. I just uh, want that noted. People hate it. Alshon, Jeffrey the The following season after they won the Super Bowl, Nelson Aguilar was hated like three games after catching a hundred yards of passes in in the Super Bowl. It is you know Carson Wentz quickly. There are Ben Simmons. There are <laughs> there are so many. Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz jerseys at thrift stores in the in the Philadelphia area, and like they're going to be there forever. We need to find something to do with them. I I don't know if they could like <laughs> it's gonna fill be, potholes. I was going to say like you know,
1: grind them up, and it's like blown in insulation. Where you are like, this is actually uh, this is the ooh, only insulation. I like, that. I like that it. Throws for three touchdowns and two interceptions.
0: We uh we have to take a break. We're gonna come right back with Dan McQuay before we cut to break. Uh, Liven up your Christmas with the new Adam Sandler comedy, Santa's Got a Boner. That's right. (laughs) Santa's horny. And everyone knows what's in his sack this year. Only on Netflix. We'll be right back with Dan McQuaid. (laughs) Hey, it's Drew. Too Beautiful to Live is a daily podcast about friendship, Pop Culture and the Joys and Frustrations of Everyday Life. It's hosted by Luke Burbank of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me fame and his pal Andrew Walsh. To Be able to Live has developed a passionate cult following with over 4,000 episodes and counting, but you don't have to listen to them all, which you can if you want to. They tackle important issues of the day, like whether or not Andrew's neighbors are secretly using his garbage bins, or if Luke will be able to assemble his fancy new treadmill. It's like hanging out with your friends as they talk pop culture New music, old movies, and if it's ever okay to recline your seat on airplane. I don't know any other podcasts like that, but... (laughs) Brand new episodes drop every weekday, including holidays. And get the show anywhere you get your podcast by going to
1: tbtl.net. The Distraction is sponsored by BetterHelp. Whether or not you or your family give gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. The holidays are an especially great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy or going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, help you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything going on. It's an important tool to consider if you're looking to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, even if you're someone who hasn't experienced major trauma. If you want to try therapy and you're not sure where to start, BetterHelp is a great tool to keep in mind. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com distraction today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash distraction.
0: And we're back with Dan McQuaid of Defector, the new and upstart media empire, Defector. I've heard it's very Uh, good. Let's talk about Draymond Green, because we weren't able to talk about him last week. Draymond uh, gave uh, Yusuf Nurkic a spinning forearm that was totally an accident. And he is now suspended indefinitely, and by indefinitely, I mean three weeks, by the NBA to attend asshole disorder therapy sessions. Now, I wrote... (laughs) on SF Gate, that Draymond was no longer worth it for the dubs, but of course he was extended uh, last year for $100 million for four years, so unloading him would require another team willing to take on him and his contract. Uh, I assume that no one will be willing to do that as long as he's on suspension, but once he's back, Dan, could you see any other NBA team wanting to tolerate Draymond and his bullshit? Uh, Because... Neither of us think that Draymond is going to
2: reform anytime soon. I mean, sure, right? Because if people will take James Harden, if people will take Ben Simmons, even though these people seem to be on the downslope of their careers, uh, Simmons despite being rather young, you know, the idea of talent and and with Draymond, you know, m- much success in in his career, there will always be a GM who I think would be willing to. Give someone like that a chance, just in order to, you know, what if it works out? You know, lots of people said that teams shouldn't trade for Jimmy Butler, say, and yeah. that worked out pretty well uh, for for Miami. Um, it worked out well for the Sixers when when they had him too, and so you know, sometimes it does. Kind of work. I actually don't even think James Harden was that terrible with the Sixers. Maybe that it, it just went better than I expected. It didn't go well, but it, it went, went like way better than <laughs> You're I expected. Like, wow, so, that
0: wasn't a complete catastrophe.
2: What yeah, a success! Like, he had a great regular season last year. The last two games were about the worst performances I've ever seen by any player, but (laughs) I expected it to go much worse. That's like
1: what you kind of expect from James Harden at this point, too, is that like you have to learn to treasure the weird jump back three pointers during the regular season, because during the playoffs, he's going to play like he's got roller skates on and score nine points. And that's not what you want, but it is like sort of who and how he is. Draymond is is different for me Not because I I think in his way, I think he makes as big an impact as any player in the NBA. I just don't, and this is probably a limit of my own imagination. I have a really hard time imagining him flourishing outside of Golden State's system and supporting cast. Not to say that he's going to totally turn into a pumpkin, although he is like old, short, can't jump. Like there's like a lot of ways that he could most definitely turn into a pumpkin, but Still be, a pretty good defender and passer. Though, he's an extremely still. good defender and passer. He is an amazing team player. The question is, like, does that work? If you, like, stuck him on the, I mean, the Pistons are a bad example, but that was, like, a team that I thought. <laughs> that I, I, I thought disagree. It's a great example. Would spend a lot of money on him. You know, it's like we're bringing him home. He's a Michigan guy. And then it's like, if he's, like, losing all the fucking time or if, like, the guys that he's making those passes to are not like, literally the two greatest shooters of my lifetime, then, like, what happens then? Because, like, the issue there, it's not that he doesn't work hard. It's not that he doesn't, you know, like, do the difficult things that he does better than just about anybody else does them. It's just that, like, I've never, I've never gotten the sense from him that, uh, I mean, this is obviously relevant now, That like emotional control is not a strong suit there. And so the idea of putting him in a position where he uh, is not happy or successful, if like if he's freaking out like this on a team that like it's like a Golden State team that struggled a little bit in the early going, but has otherwise won a bunch of championships when he's there, like anywhere else would be worse. I'm
0: also I'm I'm offended by how this has been framed since he got suspended because he was suspended for being a cock. He's an incorrigible dick. He's a fucking dork.
1: Like, hey, whoa, whoa. Hey, come on.
0: Cause he's no, up, you're, like, you're totally right. He, I, I was just like reflux. when Keep he when he fla- when he did the flagrant two on Nurkic, he was like, oh, oh, I can't control my body.
1: I love yeah. that. Yeah. The thing that he does before every assault that he does, where he's like, I hope an accident doesn't happen soon, yeah. and then he just oh. like gets <laughs> oh, I don't a know folding what's happening. chair. Don't, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, my hands are on your testicles. I don't know how that
0: <laughs> happened. Just it's total bullshit. I was going for the ball, and I think. And I don't yeah. like that they got suspend. He got suspended, and then both the NBA and Dubs management were like, look, well, this this man needs help. <laughs> like, like as if it's like, oh, well, it turns out that he's just, uh, he's got some sort of strange disorder that causes him to kick people in the balls repeatedly, like over and over again. Like, get the fuck out of here. Everyone yeah. knows the deal with Draymond. He's a fucker. Like, he's just a fucker. And it's like, I, as someone who has been to therapy and as someone who has had uh, issues dealing with it, I, I don't like... My my illness is not a costume for Draymond. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, man.
2: I don't I, like that. I, I mean, like, I I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I, maybe I'm um, a weirdo, but like, I kind of like that he's out of control. And I think that's yeah. maybe, I, I don't really know the mindset of an NBA player, but like, that's got to be advantageous for your defense when the other team is thinking, oh, if I get too much into the paint, I might get punched in the face. So... Maybe that that actually helps that sort of weirdness. I I kind of want him to come back, hold a press conference, and be like, blame Tom Izzo. Be like, I learned it from watching you. you yeah, know, he right. Grabs his players or whatever. Um, and I I like I like Tom Izzo too. So, <laughs> but like, there's there's so many amazing things I think he could say after getting off his s- suspension here. It, it is funny how ha- like two incidents really close to each other uh maybe that is a, a mental health thing <laughs> now that i say this out loud yeah I was, no, it's one of those no, things where
1: that's also a classic therapy experience though where you know you hear what you're saying and you're like oh my god like i have the i'm the problem <laughs> like, yeah, like, right. oh oh i'm a violent dick oh yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing with
1: dream on it's i i think that he has the The Tony Soprano gene that would let him go to therapy, come out learning the language that justifies his behavior and then not change his behavior at all, which would be admittedly kind of a fun next act, like, because I'm sort of in the same boat with Dan where, like, If you think of sports as a TV show, he's an amazing character in that TV show, Uh you know, and that. So the idea of him coming out and being like, my mother was very difficult. There was very little love in the house. You know, like when he says that the next time, you know, when he like whatever tries to uh, hit like Jokic with a weed whacker during a game or something like that, like it's (laughs) that. I, I, you know, obviously I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but at the same time, like that would be kind of a fun little, you know, writer's room gambit, in my opinion.
0: I mean, he's, he's not going to learn. He already had a press conference after the incident where he was like, he's like, well, I didn't mean it. Like, yeah, the,
2: like, oh yeah, yeah. I like to think of him as a uh, CM Punk, the the wrestler who uh, joined AEW, gotten a bunch of fights with his coworkers and then got, got suspended and yep. then came back and then got uh, fired and, and and it wasn't a work either. They were like real. No, funds, it was right? not a no, work. That is a he's real. He's an
1: unbalanced I, individual.
2: I I I hate this phrase, but like that was a real backdrop that they couldn't get him to wrestle the people who he fought backstage like out and make money off of it because no not not just a backdrop. That is a creative misstep. That yeah. would have been a great storyline and match, and that they couldn't figure out a way to do it. And fucking Vince McMahon managed to control CM Punk for so long is the. Tony Khan the the son of the Jaguars owner is uh is still learning how to how to run run a wrestling company and it makes me it makes me be like oh like no wonder Vince is such a dick to his employees they're I forgot they're wrestlers they have a weird uh- this is like they're insane. One the,
1: it's one of the guiltiest sports fan acknowledgements that you can have is that at some point like wrangling sociopaths is like it's hard it's a real skill too and so at some point if you're like if this is how you communicate with cm punk so that he listens to you then like you can't say that vince mcmahon doesn't know how to do anything like he doesn't know how to like be nice To like anybody in his life, but he does know how to communicate to a guy that it's just like, I'm going to fight somebody in 30 seconds. Like you can either put me out there and I'll do it out there or I'm going to do it back here. Like if he can talk to someone like that. No, he's a skilled corporate dictator.
0: I I don't think anyone disputes that.
2: My favorite thing about Vince McMahon is how anytime he's tried to do something other than wrestling, it has been like a hilarious, incredible failure. The XFL is like the best known one. There was a Times Square restaurant, WWF New York Um, in the, in the early nineties, they had the world bodybuilding federation, the bodybuilding uh, league, which I actually watched both of those for the first time for an appearance on the, uh, the 1,900 hotdog.com's podcast. And the, like before the Vince was about, I don't think he had been indicted yet, but he was about to be indicted for steroid, uh, distribution. So they made all the, all the bodybuilders, like, go off roids, which a lot of them did not do, for this second, like, pay-per-view championship of the World Bodybuilding Federation. And Vince is the announcer, and then there's, like, a color commentator who is an actual bodybuilder. And the whole show, Vince is just going, there'll be a dude who has, like, a giant roid belly, looks terrible, because he hasn't been on the gas for, like, uh, for six weeks. And Vince will be like, this is what you can do if you're drug free! And then the <laughs> The, the the color commentator will be like, I don't know. I think he looked better last year. Like, the commentator <laughs> could not hide his disdain for this. Oh, that's great.
1: That's also classic Vince McMahon that it's like your federal steroid trial is overlapping with the premiere of steroids.com presents steroids the championship. And you have to be like, oh, uh, I think we should air it anyway. Just <laughs> go go and do it
0: uh let's open up the fun bag these are real questions from defector readers and distraction listeners we got voicemails to treat you guys to uh this week so let's uh let's get to the voicemails uh, our producer amanda will help us out with that amanda can you help hey drew hey ross this is lewis one question how long would it take you to mow drew's lawn with your mouth <laughs> thanks you heard you heard him how long, Dan McQuaid, would it take
2: you to mow my lawn with your mouth? Just your mouth. So I moved into a house a couple years ago uh, in 2019. And this was the first year where I paid someone to mow my lawn. And that was an that was excellent Decision. Yeah, it feels uh, good. I have Doesn't like it... a front and back lawn now, and it wasn't super expensive, and it's like just made my life a lot easier yeah. than like, you know, like like it's not that expensive, and they do like a hundred times better of a job than I could ever <laughs> think of doing. Right. And so I I mean, honestly, my answer is is like 10 seconds, because I would pay someone to mow your lawn with
1: <laughs> that is, their mouths. That's uh, a good a good loophole there is that you could use your mouth to talk into the phone and be like, "You got to mow Drew's lawn. I'll give you a hundred dollars or whatever." And then, mm.
2: yeah, I it. sort of moved out a checkmate there somehow.
1: Yep. You, yeah. you did. You did.
2: Kind, of, kind of violating the
0: spirit of the question, I'll be quite honest with you, Dan. But
2: How okay? How large is your lawn? Uh, uh
0: our well, our house is, sits on half an acre, but the house itself, you know, occupies half half an acre. And I. I that might be a bit much. I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's say uh, a quarter of
2: an acre. Okay. My next question is: What is an acre? How how large <laughs> is an acre? I feel like no I've idea. heard that. I like, go. I have no idea what an acre is. How many uh, how many hectares is an acre? No. We have a pretty decently sized backyard, and then we also have
1: a front yard. Uh, okay. So, and how much? So we can just do this as a math problem, Dan. How much grass can you eat in an hour? Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, how much grass can I eat in an hour?
1: Well, I guess you could spit it out too. It's like the hot yeah. dog contest too. If you if you
0: barf,
2: then you're disqualified from <laughs> mowing my lawn. To lose. Oh, I mean that's fine. I would barf all over your lawn, but then like that's, beautiful. that's it's still mowed. I I guess I could like have a bucket next to me and and, and barf <laughs> into that. Um, let's say let's say 4 hours. I I don't know if that's
0: <laughs> that is and am- wow. That yeah. is Oh, quite... that's
2: ambitious. Okay, let's I... say 4 days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I would need like a year. I also like Dan's observation that an acre is a completely opaque unit of measurement. Anytime I hear it, I'm like, nice. That's solid. Yeah. That means that means it's made of land. But like, I don't <laughs> know like what that actually translates to. Is there not a Stephen King story where a man uh, <laughs> mows the lawn with his mouth? I feel like I read this.
0: Are you, is that a
1: joke or is no, that No, it's actually, real, it's real. It's from one of, this is like a real, like early days reading thing. I remember in middle school, there was like a bookshelf in the back of one of these classrooms and it was just random books on it, including like. I think that's the stand actually. No, it's, it's, there is. That's why to, it's so long. I'm going to look this up.
2: How long would it take the Langoliers to, to, to mow <laughs> Drew's lawn? They just eat everything. The, yeah. the problem, Roth,
0: is that if you mowed my lawn by eating it, By the time you were done eating all the grass, all the grass would have grown back where you had first eaten it. So it's a never ending problem. Oh, our producer, Amanda, did know that the Lawnmower Man is a Stephen King. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: vindication for Davey. This is really exciting for me. Yeah, this is not—I know when people think of the Lawnmower Man, they think about Jeff Fahey getting pulled into a computer— And being really uh, awkwardly digitally rendered in an early 90s way. But yeah, this one, I remember this because the guy at one point, the lawnmower man says, Pan's the boss, like the god Pan. It's a very like 70s Stephen King sort of expression. He's just out there making plays. (laughs) And uh, so I I would, yeah, I. would love to get in my lawnmower man mindset and take on your lawn. But unfortunately, we have to get on to the next question. So I don't think I'll be able to answer. This one. An acre is
2: 43,560 square feet. That doesn't really help me. Yeah, I was going to say terrific. So how that. much
1: how much <laughs> is that?
2: It's such a
0: fucking British term. Uh, oh, yeah, we can get on to the, the next question. Uh, Amanda.
1: Hey, this is Dan. I live outside Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, I used to live outside D.C., and uh noticed,
0: you know, when I was there, you always had commercials for, like, Lockheed Martin or, like, defense contractors on TV. Now that I live in Lexington, you get commercials, local commercials for breeding horses, so, like, you know, our stallion
1: bucks, you know, that kind of stuff. I was wondering, what's the weirdest, like, local commercial industry that you're going to see on, on regular TV.
0: A voicemail custom-made for Dan McCoy, day. Yeah, Mr.
1: seriously. Dan, t-
2: let's let's remember some Philly local oh, TV spots. Oh, my goodness. There's so many options, but I'm going to go with... There used to be an infomercial that would air on, like, syndicated... Uh, you know, like, like, channel, like, 317 over the air. No, like, channel 48 over the air uh, when... I was a kid, and I believe it still may air around. This guy is still around, Todd N. Tucky, and he runs TNT Amusements, which is a <laughs> uh, arcade and pinball machine, both like rental company, sales company, and I think they even have like a like a a place where you can go have your birthday party if you're a kid or not. And this was a half hour infomercial. I believe there were two versions of it, and it was like. Whole, it was like a series of skits, like his hand gets mm. gets crushed by the pinball machine, you know, and it turns out it's a balloon. I believe they throw <laughs> pinball machines off the roof like they're David Letterman. Um, I've, everyone, made, everyone knew this infomercial, at least in my orbit as a kid, because it was like, yeah, we love video games. And then it was just so delightfully like... Weird in a in a in a really good good way. You know, I, I love when the local commercial is like, wh- how did this guy decide I'm going to do an infomercial to promote my my arcade business? And even more, how did it work? Like, I I'm never going to forget Todd and Tucky and TNT Amusements. Yep. I'm going to text-
0: It's fresh. It's Todd and Tucky's. Yeah, an yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm going to like text friends after this and be like, I just talked about Todd and Tucky on a podcast and they're going to be like, what the hell is wrong with you, Dan? But also like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And we're going to, I bet it, I bet it's on YouTube. I bet you could search it if you have a spare half hour and want to see what Dan McQuaid was watching at, you know, 2 a.m. when he was, you know, 14, you can, you can go find it. So that is my favorite local commercial. It's the
0: stickiest shit in the world. What about lawyers, Dan? Who is the, who's the
2: most annoying lawyer in Philadelphia advertising? So we have a lot of lawyers who advertise on TV here, obviously. Um, the one I really remember well from a kid is I'm Alan Rothenberg, the injury lawyer. And <laughs> um, But there's also uh, there's also um so there is a guy Rand Spear who is always I eat insurance companies for breakfast. Nice. And that has been his slogan for a really long time. The the most annoying law, law firm to me right now in Philly is Pond Hockey, which sounds like it's like oh that's what Ooh, they call on, pond hockey in yeah, in Quebec. Uh, Quebec. Quebec. <laughs> uh, but it's but it's two guys last names and they run like ads that are like fake graffiti they ran an ad congratulating angelo cataldi on his retirement mm. they there's nothing like particularly terrible about them but there's something about their billboards that that irk me the thing that people are mad about now is john morgan of morgan and morgan which is like a like a nationwide uh, like law firm they have been running at like billboards in philly that say i'm john morgan like j-a-w-n and and people are like furious and there's another guy
1: are they furious like like our culture's not a costume how dare you is that like the issue yes yes amazing and they are
2: attack <laughs> they are attack ads they are attack billboards from jeff rosenbaum that has his billboard real small, and it says, on him, it says, like, real Philly lawyer. Then there's, like, an arrow to his little billboard, like, an image of it, and it says, not licensed in Pennsylvania, Florida lawyer. And and that's wow. true. You know, his, he just has, like, a firm here that he contracts with that takes his name. There's another Shots guy who, who some people may have heard around the country, attorney... Big Al. And that is another one where you just sort of license the name and you become attorney Big Al, even though here, the guy's name was Jason Fine. And it is like, and like, it'll be an ad about, about attorney Big Al. And then at the very end, it'll be like, attorney Big Al is Jason Fine. Um, there's, there's also a guy here, Justin Bieber Esquire. Um, that is his real name. So that's just a coincidence, but yeah. Oh, there's also, um, there's a personal injury law firm here, Krasno Krasno and Wadinjo. And their ads are like, the hardest law firm name to pronounce in Philadelphia. And it's like, no, Onwadingo is an unusual last name, but it's pronounced how it's spelled. It's not <laughs> it's that hard to pronounce. And that just annoys me too. It's like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's fine.
1: One of our names is foreign, but don't let that stop you. We think you're assholes. Yeah, (laughs) the idea of Attorney Big Al being, like, a brand that you can inhabit is incredible to me. Like, the idea that it's basically, like, renting a Spider-Man costume from a store, and you're just sort of like, well, I'm the personal injury guy, I guess. I guess when I wear this costume, I eat insurance companies for breakfast. I think that's
0: super. uh, Roth, you're a neighboring Jersey. Did you have some favorite... uh Locals growing up, like you know, some guy named Sal. Like, what? I mean, someone from the Tommy DeVito extended universe. I who, wish
1: that <laughs> people have asked me a lot of questions about Sean Stellato, and I love getting asked questions about him. But he's from Salem, Mass. It's a whole different. I don't understand what he's doing. I've not seen anybody doing that before. Then the local commercials. I don't remember the lawyers as well. There are some. You still see billboards and stuff like that, but the uh, the ones that I remember most. And this is, like, to Dan's point, it's, like, the stickiest shit in my brain. Like, that there's, like, car dealership commercials where the guy puts his weird kids in it. And, like, I will not just remember those kids' names long after I forget the names of, like, people I went to high school with. But I'm going to remember the weird gestures they did in the commercials when they said, no gimmicks, just good deals. Like, all of that is just in here permanently. Probably like blocking some passage through which I am trying to get new interesting information into my brain, and they're like, "No, that's where the Wayne Dinets theme goes." Hey, it did that guy
0: have? Did that guy have like slicked ball, slicked back hair, like grease ball hair? Are we talking about every lawyer? The Wayne? Are you talking about
1: the Wayne Dinettes guy? The yeah, the, the 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 car dealer who put his kids in the ad. Michael and Peter Spina, the children of Joseph Spina. Yes, he did. <laughs> the, <laughs> I've seen those ads. They are fucking they are They're, so cringe this They're is one of those brutal. things too where like i have to accept the fact that like both those kids are like 40 now like all of us <laughs> should have moved on with our lives but if i met them i'd be like oh you're the one that did the thing with your hands or you had no good de- no bad deals there that's that's oh, cool man that's awesome I'm so 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 more. so you said you're right. an oncologist now interesting that's cool. <laughs> you moved on
2: I have I have written I have written for Defector about local car dealer ads uh, in Philadelphia when um, a guy who runs David Dodge fell asleep courtside during a Sixers playoff yeah. game uh, a
1: couple of years ago. I was going to say this is something as Dan's editor that this is like the most. It, I don't even think I'm like giving anything away behind the scenes. Is that the encyclopedic knowledge of Philadelphia and Philadelphia weirdos that Dan has will. He'll express himself in very matter of fact, professional writery ways, but he'll be like, this was during the dispute. Do you remember when I told you about when like karate George and classic Jeff were gotten, they got in a fight at Mike Scott's barbecue? And I have to be like, yeah, I do remember that, which I do. And then, you know, you have to, like, plug all of that back into the broader universe there. David Dodge was like, it was so exciting to meet a new character, sleepy car dealership guy who probably had, like, six Jack and Gingers in the first half of a Sixers game. But the uh, the one that I remember as a local ad that I think is the most special to me, during Mets games, you still get a lot of them on local cable. And, you know, for the most part they're not that fun, you know, anymore like all the the days of someone being like you got to get a fountain for your home. Like those places don't advertise on TV anymore. But there was a place that would put plastic awnings on your row house in Brooklyn or Queens. Not attractive things, but if you have ever been to any residential neighborhood that's mostly like low-rise two or three story brownstones or not brownstones, but like clad row houses, you know the things I'm talking about. And they interviewed real people that had gotten these awnings and they were all like they were like the people that the Coen brothers would have cast if they were making the commercial. Like just (laughs) the weirdest little Queens gnomes being like, it's terrific when I go out to get the mail, I don't get water on my head no more. Or just like I remember the ad ended (laughs) with an older lady who just said, you'll be pleased. And those are the last (laughs) words (laughs) of the ad and that is so special to me it's like i don't know it, every time i think about it it rekindles my love for living in this dumb town it sure you should do yours too i think this is a nice one
0: i'm the one that sticks with me the most is bobs discount furniture but that's nationwide now yeah. and then here in the dc area there's a terrifying car dealer named crystal coons who has so much botox on her face that like she reflects more sunlight than the fucking moon <laughs> and it's like just terrifying to behold, and she's like she's just looking at the, into the like into the camera with fucking bug eyes, going, "We're gonna wow you!" And it's like, <laughs> I, I really don't want to buy a car from this person. This person's gonna scales. wow you. That's what it is. Yeah, just because you love with writing. their low
1: prices or whatever bullshit. Yeah, are gonna I wow not. you with how little our face moves.
0: Yeah, ask ask McKenna about it sometime. You'll get paragraphs upon paragraphs and they'll <laughs> say, I've never seen a town turn on a car dealer like
2: this. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, radio ad here for some Kia dealership where it's a woman's voice where they make you put like a dime down if you want a car. I'm sure I'm sure it's a reputable service. And the <laughs> the, the 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 woman always says it's a crime to pay more than a dime. That's, that's not even a good impression. It's like a hundred times more annoying than that. And I, I box. And once the radio was on, And I almost hit my trainer in the face because he quickly moved (laughs) to go change the station
1: because of how annoying Your Draymond gland started firing in your brain and you were like, I got to hit
0: something right now. We got to hit the end here. Eric Silver is our producer. Misha Stanton is our editor. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. Ads and production services are by Multitude. You can subscribe to Defector.com. right. Just go to Defector. Hit the subscribe button. You can also email us at distraction at defector.com or call us as our voicemailers did at 909 726 3720 and leave a message. That's Mm 909-Panera-0. You can find Dan McQuaid, Roth, and me at Defector. We will not be here next week uh, as it is the holiday, and I'm going to go spend Christmas with my family, and Roth is going to go on holidays with his family, and so will Dan. with his. He's going to enjoy his new baby. We wish all of you a happy holiday, happy new year, and we will see you guys in 2024. Goodbye,
1: everybody. Bye. Thanks. Uh, Bye. See you.